If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT from KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about making money, spending money, growing money, investing money, saving money. And today we're going to talk about investing money. And so for those of you out there that love a little stock action and you guys know who you are, we're going to talk a little bit about, well, we're going to go back to an idea that we talked about in 2019, actually on show number 89, we talked about unicorns coming to the market and what that actually means. So we're gonna go back to this after the break and give us an update. Happy New Year! 2020 kicks off a new decade. There's been a lot of change around money in the last 10 years since we had a decade turnover. In fact, in 2010, the world seemed bitter and sad. In 2020, it seems like opportunities abound. If your goal in 2020 is to get a handle on your finances, consider my book, The Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available on Amazon. Buy it for yourself or for any woman in your life that you love, that you hope will be able to get some inspiration to take control of their finances and force their own future. Hey, thanks and welcome back. So 2019 was a big year for unicorns coming to the market. And unicorns are great big companies in the private sector that are going to try to become publicly traded companies. And you can always tell when the market seems like it's a little frothy because there's a lot of action in companies coming to the public. And there's also a lot of risk. So you have companies that frankly have no publicly traded track record that they have maybe some interesting and strange ideas for how they do accounting. They've never had to manage the company toward producing earnings reports on a regular and ongoing basis. And so what they really are is they're like the rookies. So now think about it like, well, I don't know. I'm a fan of the New England Patriots. I'm sorry about this, guys, but I've lived in New England my whole life. Imagine if... Belichick, because we just finished the 2019 season and it was uh, a little sad for us here back home, but that's all right. Imagine he fires everybody and he goes out and he hires a bunch of first year rookies and he decides to build a new team of all rookies. Now they have some experience, but frankly, they've never played in this kind of environment and he's going to try to figure out which ones are going to make it and which ones are going to fail. Well, that's kind of what you're doing when you try to buy IPOs. You're trying to pick the wheat from the chafe, as the saying goes, winners over losers, except that you can't really see everything. So what I thought I'd do is go back a little bit to 2019 and talk about what actually happened. So there were some really interesting IPOs last year, Pinterest and Lyft, Uber, Beyond Meat, 
and Slack. So uh, Slack's ticker symbol was work. And then of course there was WeWork that didn't work at all. And I mean that because these were the companies that were going to come public. And at the very last minute, the WeWork offering fell apart in a magnificent way in front of everybody. However, the only one of these IPOs that's made any money for investors so far is Beyond Meat. This is the meat alternative company that can make Burger King's burger taste like a burger. Or is it McDonald's? Or does it really matter? This idea of manufactured plant-based meat substitutes. So I don't know, it used to be that if you were gonna have a meat substitute, you had like a black bean burger, but now you can get a burger that tastes like a burger, but isn't really a burger. And I've been wondering for a while, what exactly is a burger that's not a burger? And how do they make it taste like greasy food? But that's another thought. But anyway, the only one that made any money last year was Beyond Meat. All the others had a lot of problem performing. And the number one reason why is that none of them actually make a profit. More importantly, there didn't seem to be a clear pathway to profitability. Now we can add companies like Grubhub. If we think about, you know, Grubhub, Uber, and Lyft, they service a lot of people, they branch out, they do a lot of other things, but they actually lose money every single time they have a transaction. People talk about bubbles in the economy and how there's no real bubble, but one of the things that ultra-low interest rates have done in the last 10 years is they've created lots of money in the private sector to be invested in these startup companies that are losing money all of the time under the idea that they'd get so many people in that eventually they'd become profitable and it would be amazing, except that that's not really happening. So 10 years goes by, these companies are really big, they're really broad. I mean, think about Uber plays all around the world, but the reality is they don't make money. They lose money for every ride and they have no path that they'll get out of losing money all the time. Their whole goal is maybe lose less. Now, as an investor, I got to tell you, it's not that I don't think about the future. It's that I'm only willing to lose money for so long before I expect it to actually make money or I need to go. See, I think that the real risk reward of companies that don't make any money happen in the private sector, meaning that you get these rich, rich people or institutions that have this money to play in this area that if they lose their money, they're losing their money and that is just the way it goes. They make big bets, some win, some lose, and they don't care. Every once in a while, they hit something that's really great and they make a truckload of money and that's how they do it. But by the time it gets to the stock market and it becomes a publicly traded investment, I personally believe it should be held to a higher standard. We saw this trend in the late 90s where companies could decide that they were gonna raise capital they would do initial public offering. They wouldn't have any products, any services, never made any money. And they would just call themselves something.com and people would want to go buy them. Many of the most famous ones were like pets.com where the Muppet was really cute, but the product didn't work. I always think about that furniture online company that I bought furniture for my office and it came and the bill never came and I called them and they were out of business and there was nobody to ever send the bill to because they just didn't have a sustainable business model. They were out of business before they even figured out how to build me. It was like crazy. And so when companies are coming to market to become publicly traded companies, one of the things that they should have is a clear path for how 
they will make money, either now or in the very short future, two to five years. If they can't show you how they're going to get there, you probably, this is a company that probably shouldn't be in the public market because they don't have a sustainable path to profitability. 2019 proved to be the year that investors punished the unprepared. Many of these companies are down 30 or 40% from their initial public offering, never mind their high. Now, will they come back? They might. But what happened at the very end of the year was this idea of the WeWork public offering, where they said they were technology office innovators. But really what they were was workspace sharing sites, which, by the way, is not technology. When the initial documents came out, people started figuring out that the shares that they were going to get weren't going to be enough to do anything that the CEO had stacked the deck to pay for himself, to ensure that he couldn't be forced out, to ensure that he would get the lion's share and the controlling interest of everything, to basically set himself up financially, to lock his friends and family board members in forever. All of these things are against what we think about as the tenants of a publicly traded company. So eventually what happened was people figured out there wasn't any real way that this company was going to make money. The valuation was bogus. This involved a private equity fund out of Japan called SoftBank that had been touting along this company and how great it was and lending the company money and investing in the company stock. And at some point, they had to just keep pushing this, trying to get it to the finish line where they were going to dump it on consumers, regular shareholders. We used to call this pump and dump. They pump up the value of something, it goes public, people buy it, and then the stock falls out from underneath it. This one never got to the market. And it never got to the market because it was such a gross exaggeration of how bad bad could be that no one could get their arms around it and justify it. What do I think this means for 2020? I think it means that investors are getting a little bit more careful about understanding that companies have to have a path to profitability. If you're a stock picker, you really need to think about this all the time. There are some sectors of the economy that seem like, oh, it's the new economy and it's such a good thing, but that they actually haven't figured out how to make any money. In fact, they figured out, they're trying to figure out how to lose less. I think about food delivery companies. I think about streaming companies. You know, Disney just came out with their offer for $7 a month or whatever it is. Now, Disney's a big corporation and they can afford to lose money on streaming for a long time and have it still be okay. But you think about Hulu and Netflix and AT&T and you think about YouTube TV. And these are companies, you know, where they're losing a large amount. Now, you have these other tech players like YouTube is owned by Google and it's just pumping out money. But at some point in time, They either have to make it profitable or they have to figure out how to strip it out. And we're starting to see some of that discipline come back. But you as an investor want to be asking those questions. I think it's great. I can get my food delivered from Wendy's in five minutes and it's going to be hot from Uber Eats. But could Uber Eats actually afford to do that on any amount of time? And will it really work? I think what we're going to see in the next year as consumers is prices going up on things like food delivery and streaming services. 
as well as ride sharing. Why? Because if they can't figure out how to satisfy shareholders, the board's going to add a CEO who can. And one of those things is going to mean higher prices for consumers. So even though there's more competition, there's always a price point where it just doesn't make sense to do the work. When we think about home delivery, food, especially food home delivery, margins are very tenuous. We all like it, but we're not willing to pay more for it. And so the question becomes, how do these companies stay alive? The year is young, and we'll see which unicorns ultimately come to market in 2020. But remember what I said, companies that have never had to tell you how they do and have never made any money are risky bets. You should be somebody that can tolerate the risk of that and own it for a number of years and not cry. Because the chances are, in the beginning, you're going to cry a little. Good luck in your investing in 2020. I'll bring more as more shoes come along this year. Thanks for tuning in and take a minute and rate my show on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your show. Or do me a solid. Tell a friend about my show and send them the link. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.